This is referee ODB, and you're listening to the Atomic Podcast, where Efren blows up the news on a verbal scale. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. My guest today, he's an independent referee, Mr. Robert Brown. Robert, what's going on? Hello. It's kind of weird. Uh, most people actually call me Odie. I don't usually go by Robert with anybody except, like, my family. <laughs> oh, so you prefer Odie? I do. It's okay. Uh, yeah, it's just, it kind of almost takes me aback. I sometimes like almost forget my name's Robert. There's so few people call me that. <laughs> All right, so I'll call you Odie. <laughs> I think of I think of Odie. I think of Garfield's dog. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. Uh, that's usually one of the common ones when I introduce myself to people. They're just kind of like, "Oh, is that like the dog from Garfield?" <laughs> yeah, he would. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man! Um, how long? I, I you know, um, I know you're uh, a referee in the in the wrestling business. You're a fan of wrestling. Um, how was life like growing up for you? Was you always watching wrestling as a child, or like how did it? So I uh, I discovered wrestling um, at a kind of young age, but not like from birth. I think the first time uh, I ever saw uh, wrestling, I was like eight years old. Mm-hmm. My friends were just kind of flipping channels and uh i saw xbox come out yeah. i heard his music and i saw the like green fireworks going off and i was like this is the coolest thing ever yeah so that was kind of right around the like late 99 area and i just kind of started watching from then but then uh i went on a really big break in like 2002 i got in like a little bit of trouble and my dad you know was like uh i don't think you should be watching wrestling you know blah 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 blah, blah. so i stopped watching until like 2011 almost but I've always been really into it. Oh, well, did he say he didn't like wrestling because he was like, oh, you're watching that fake shit or anything like that? Was he like one of those type of guys? Yeah, we actually watched it together and really dug it. But uh, I got into like a little snuggle with some uh, kids and I put one of them in a sleeper hold. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the school freaked out and told my dad. And my dad was like, well, if you're using wrestling moves in real life, then you can't be watching this shit, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Even though like, he was really into it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, watching wrestling. Um, did you ever aspire to be a wrestler, or was referee always your calling? Is that something you wanted to do? Everybody goes through that phase where they want to be a wrestler. Like, I really wanted to be a wrestler when I was a kid, and then uh, as I got older and started being a little bit more realistic about like um, the injuries that people go through and stuff like that, and longevity of career and whatnot, I started realizing that it might not be the route that I wanted to take. I've also like. I'm naturally in a, a pretty thin frame, but uh, I've never been super athletic, so I didn't want to like put myself into a position where I didn't think I could succeed. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know um, what I mean? Yeah. Um, did you like when you was younger? Did you like wrestle kids at school and like do anything like that that sort? I tried like high school wrestling for a couple of months, uh, but I, it wasn't really my scene. I've never really been into the whole like fraternity thing yeah never been into the whole uh hazing or anything like that and they were real big on that at the school that i was going to and like the business can be kind of like that sometimes too but like you just kind of got to choose who you want to be around yeah um what what is it you know there's people who are attracted to baseball boxing and whatnot but 
What is it about wrestling that attracts you to it? It's funny. I ask myself that a lot sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'm a, a theater major and like yeah. uh, an aspiring film and theater actor. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm trained to do that. Uh, and sports have always been like enjoyable for me. I can watch a football game or whatever and get into it and follow it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just something about wrestling. There's like it takes it to another level, you know, like everybody, all the cliches are like, oh, the pageantry, blah, 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 blah. But like, it's really cool costumes. There's really cool characters. You're doing live theater in front of a, a hot crowd that's actually allowed to interact with you. Like, it's a really fun experience. There's, there's nothing really quite like it. Yeah, for me too, I always thought of wrestling as, you know, people say it is a soap opera. It's um, elements of like G.I. Joe, elements of Transformers, elements of just... Uh, continuity and you know you follow storylines and you follow like a character let's say you follow Hulk Hogan or your life you know Hulk Hogan to me is like the Optimus Prime of wrestling you follow him through his good times through his bad times to his retirement to skinny Hogan days and you know you invest yourself in that and I don't know it's it's I, I still watch it to this day not as frequently as I would like to because you know there's so many hours in the day that you can watch wrestling but it's it still holds a place in my heart. Um, it's like that, I guess, with film and everything. Um, who was basically your favorite wrestler watching wrestling? You said just like X Pac was the first one you was introduced to, but did you have a particular favorite wrestler as well? I did. Uh, I watched um, a lot of WWF. It was the Monday Night Wars at the time when I was watching. So uh, my sister and I would sit in two different rooms, and she would have either WCW Nitro or Monday Night Raw, and then I would have the other on in the other room. And we would just kind of like be hollering at each other between rooms, like, oh, da da da's going on. You got to come <laughs> over here. Like, snap. Um, so I had a favorite for each company. Um, and then I watched ECW as often as I could, but I didn't know when it was on, really. I just kind of like caught it every once in a while. Yeah. So, like, my favorite for ECW is RBD. Mm-hmm. Van Dam was the shit. Yeah. He's the um, And then WCW, I was really into Booker T. Uh, yeah. When they did like the faction with like, um, you know, Rey Mysterio, and I think uh, Billy Kidman was in it, and I think Booker T was the leader. No, I think I think you're talking about the the filthy animals, right? Yeah, was he doing the military thing at the time with like? Yeah, Major yeah, he was. Uh, he was because he lost the, the 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 right to the name Booker, so he he I think he became GI Bro, right at that time. That's <laughs> yeah. So he was then for WCW, and then uh, in WWF, I was really really into vampires when I was a kid. Yeah, so like. The Brood was, like, my shit, and I just really <laughs> identified with Jeff Hardy, like, when he first came in. Yeah. And then, you know, I stopped watching for a long time, and as an adult, I looked back, and, like, I missed when he became champion and everything. Yeah. So now when I people like, oh, Jeff Hardy was my favorite wrestler, they're like, oh, well, of course he was. He was everybody's favorite wrestler. I'm like, <laughs> but I liked him when he wasn't popular yet. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny because you know how certain wrestlers are like, oh, he's the he's the he's the cutie wrestler, or whatever. Like a lot of girls like Jeff Hardy transcends. Yeah. Oh, he's a cute guy because guys and girls like Jeff Hardy. Is you know, and you know, girls like him because he's cute, and guys like him because of his aerial of his aerial moves. So he's like one of those wrestlers yeah. that transcends. You know, huh? Uh, just his willingness to like throw his body around. Yeah, you know, like just the amazing stuff that we've seen him do in our lifetime. Yeah, it's funny because I'm saying a lot of people won't, you know, they won't like, um, I don't know, like a, a Chris Masters or anything like that. You know, the 
the the the wrestler that you think people will like won't like or Alex Luger but you know people loved them some Jeff Hardy and you know at, at that time he was he's still amazing he's still he's and he's still going absolutely it's pretty cool that like he can still it's just say walk not even wrestle it's yeah. pretty awesome that he can walk <laughs> yeah. so the fact that he's still at matches is just like kudos to you dude yeah yeah, um, what else is going on with, um, like, I mean, what's going on with you? Like, um, how did you basically get into the independent wrestling business and become a referee? Because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that love wrestling, but you love wrestling, but you also are involved in the wrestling business, per se. So, did you go to a wrestling school? Like, how did this come about for you? So, it's kind of a fun story. Um, I was, do you want the long version or the short version? Oh, the long version. If you got time for the long version, yeah. I was uh, chilling at my like girlfriend at the time, wife now, and yeah. she having her anniversary as well. Um, I was chilling at my wife's house one night and uh, realized that they had cable over there, and I hadn't watched Monday Night Raw in like you know like ten years or something like that. And I was yeah. like, hey, it's Monday, check this out, and that kind of just like launched us back into our interest into wrestling. So through that. Uh, my wife was really, really into the real world uh, back when The Miz was on it. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I remember that episode. I remember that. There's going to be uh, an autograph signing yeah. here in one of our local towns at like a Kmart or something like that. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, gotta go do it. I gotta beat him. He's so cute. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So we go to this part. We're waiting outside. And uh, this buddy of mine that I used to go to punk shows in like Oakland when I was like, 15 and way too young to be hanging out in these places <laughs> uh so a really big wrestling fan and i hadn't seen him in like at least like eight years but he was standing behind us in line mm-hmm. i turn around and i'm holy shit man I, like i'm odie i'm from you know da, 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 da. he's like oh man i haven't seen you forever so he starts telling me about how uh he's been doing backyard wrestling in san jose for like five years mm-hmm. and how i check it out and blah 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 and, um so I roll through, and it's a fun show, you know, it's backyard, whatever, you know, like, whatever your feelings about that are your feelings, but uh, yeah. I'd say, like, they're the better backyard group, if that's really a thing. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I went, and uh, the guys were having matches in, like, a ring in the backyard and everything, like, an actual ring. It's a little rundown, but it's a real ring. Um but the wrestlers were, like, trading the referee shirt between them, between each match. Mm-hmm. So I go up to the boss, and I'm like, hey, man, do you want somebody to, like, actually referee and not be one of the wrestlers? Yeah. He's like, yeah, sure, go do it. Oh. Shit, okay, cool. Yeah. So I hopped in, and uh, for, like, a year and a half, I, uh, I did all kinds of shows with them down in San Jose in, like, the hot, hot summer heat. We did it outside in the backyard. I was usually the only referee. Sometimes there was another guy, uh, Anthony, that would, like, ref with me. But for the most part, it was, like, six, seven, eight matches in, like, the 100-degree heat without stopping. Yeah. Uh, But it was really cool. So I'm doing a show there, and uh, we have a very well-respected, well-renowned referee out here in California named Sparky Ballard. Yeah. If you're not familiar with him, you should look him up. He's, He's a very quality referee. Um. He came through with somebody else uh, to watch one of the shows one time. And they were basically, like, 
pro guys every once in a while will come down to a backyard show and be like, hmm, anybody worth stealing? (laughs) (laughs) And somebody told me, like, hey, the best referee in California is here. You should go and talk to him. I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to go and talk to him. So I went up and asked him for some tips and asked him to watch me and, you know, anything I could work on, let me know. And uh, he gave me some really solid pointers that, like, still help me to this day. But the most important thing that he told me was, uh, if you really are serious about this, you need to go get trained. Where do you live? And I told him I was living in Berkeley at the time, and uh, he told me about, um, do you know who uh, the Suburban Commandos are? Or the Stoner Brothers from Slam? No. I, no, I heard of the Stone. I, I heard, I've heard of the Stoner Brothers. Like I've seen like stuff on YouTube. I don't really know their work per se. Okay, cool. Well, they're a great tag team. They're one of the best tag teams uh, in California, yeah. probably in the country. Um, but yeah, they have a school in Oakland that was like just down the street from me called Stoner University. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he told me to go check it out. I went and I started training, and yeah, I trained there for a while and. Things really cool, and uh, we kind of went our separate ways after a little while. And I went training with Sparky, and now I'm just kind of on my own. Oh, um, did, how much was it? Was was there a price you had to pay for the school? How much was it? Um, the indie wrestling scene is very carny. You know, people <laughs> want to uh, kind of keep things like that under wraps. So I would say, uh, message the Stoner Brothers on Facebook, and they'll let you know how much it is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, great pleading the fifth answer. <laughs> huh? I said great pleading the fifth answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dustin Mel or Derek Mel, uh, they'll, they'll give you a good answer. Or Sparky Ballard has a school, too, that's really, really good. It's in uh, Pacifica, California. There's actually, I didn't know that there was local independent wrestling around me. I had no idea. Um, when I got back into wrestling, I started, uh, you know, just watching anything that I could, and I found... On the mat on Netflix. Okay. I had seen it when I was, but I didn't remember it, so I wanted to watch it again and refresh my memory. And in it, they talk about APW All Pro Wrestling in Hayward, uh, and they talk at great length about Roland and you know the scene there and everything. So, of course, I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna check this shit out, see what's up. And I gave him a call uh, that day, like as soon as the movie was over. Um, And unfortunately, they were charging like uh, a large amount of money. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a deterrative amount of money for someone in my situation. You know, like I didn't quite have enough to even think about that being a reality. So I was like, "Well, guess I'm not doing that." Yeah. But um, unfortunately, Mr. Alexander has uh, passed away since then, and uh, Sparky Ballard and uh, Marcus Mack have kind of taken up the um, the challenge of keeping APW alive. Marcus runs all pro wrestling and uh sparky has taken over the all pro wrestling boot camp out of his school uh which he also runs a promotion out of called gold rush gold rush so there's a lot wrestling like right around me i think between you know like uh chico which is like three hours north of me and san luis obispo which is like two or three hours south of me i think there's like 15 wrestling promotions yeah, crazy. Yeah, I know. And when I used to live in New York, New York is hotbed too for indie wrestling. I'm in Wisconsin now, but there's small promotions, but you know, it's not. You could count them with your with your hands. It's not that much promotions. But I know California is really huge on that. Um, doing going to the, the the Stoner Brothers School, and you know, what did you had to learn to wrestle to be a referee? Right, that's you have to go through the wrestling process. 
that uh, a lot of people, I think, have a misconception about, or maybe you kind of underestimate. Like, every referee that I've met has had to go through wrestling training. So, like, I can, you know, I, I can wrestle, essentially. Like, I can't have, like, a five-star match or anything like that. But, uh, you know, you got to be able to do whatever you got to do. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that is definitely something that I went through. Both schools, actually. Oh, um, any serious injuries at the school, or...? Uh, I've seen some, none myself personally. Okay. I saw uh, not like a serious injury at the school, but I saw somebody get caught in the face pretty hard and it broke his nose. Like, I think literally the first move after the bell rang. Wow. Um, most of the injuries that I've seen have actually been like out on the road at shows and stuff. Yeah. All right. So at the school, um, you have to go through wrestling training. Um, when does the referee training come in? Like, um, say say it for the people who want to know how to be a referee. Like, do they teach you how to count one, two, three in a certain way, or do they teach you? You know, for people who don't know anything about it, like, what do you have to go through? Sure. Uh, honestly, um, this isn't. I can't speak for the whole country, obviously, but yeah. uh, from my experience. You learn how to do wrestling when you're out of school, and then uh, you learn how to referee when you're doing practice matches. And unfortunately, because there's so many wrestling students usually, uh, you kind of teach yourself almost. And really? then okay. people watch you in like, shows or during practice matches and stuff like that. And then like, if anything stands out that's like glaringly obviously bad, they'll let you know about it. Um, but... I don't want to say I'm self-taught or anything like that because, like, a lot of people took the time to teach me how to make things look right and stuff like that. But I've had somebody that was like, okay, this is how you referee. This is how you count. This is how you blah, 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 blah. It's just, like, I've been kind of doing what I have grown up watching. And, uh, yeah, if there's any issues, somebody will let me know. You know, I talk to a lot of different referees on my show from Independent. I don't know if you know Karina Kyle. Um, Jimmy, yeah. Cor- yeah, yeah, Jimmy Corderas, Justin King, and they all were and still are wrestling fans. Um, and they talk about the grueling schedule of a referee, and for a referee to make themselves known, they have to go out there and venture out. Um, have you ever thought about venturing out to see, um, to work anywhere other than California to see if people will book you? Uh, I actually do venture out to an extent at this point. I'm only uh, three years in, so what I've been doing is um, I'm kind of like getting a hold on an area like one year at a time so like my first year i was learning the bay area in northern california which is a huge hotbed for wrestling even if we don't get brought out to the rest of the country there's a lot going on here um but i kind of just spent my first year in norcal and then my second year i got a job at uh, championship wrestling from hollywood with uh, dave marquette which is an absolutely phenomenal show if you don't watch it already you can find it on the fight tv app Okay. FITE. Uh, it's all free. Great quality wrestling. A lot of big names run through there. Great camera work, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I got hired there and I've been using that just kind of like to get uh, better known, better affiliated with like Southern California. Mm-hmm. And now that my third year, I'm kind of just trying to make the push east. So like I just got um, kind of lined up with a gig at uh, Future Stars of Wrestling out of Las Vegas. Okay. And then I'm trying to make Arizona happen a little bit. I want to go out to uh, like Paragon Pro Wrestling over in Denver, Colorado. I've got my eyes kind of on them. Or 3-2-1 Battle, which is up in uh, 
Seattle, Washington. I don't know if I should be giving these many people like <laughs> saying their name. Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. It's totally that. fine. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not bad to say you want to work in a place, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, is there any other places like would you want to travel to New York if you could get booked at New York? Uh, I would absolutely love to travel to New York, but uh, the thing for me is like one of the best pieces of advice that I got really early on in my career is that uh, if you're a good referee and you make a name for yourself, you'll be able to work just about anywhere anywhere that you want to, but no one's ever going to fly you back. And no one's ever going to pay you a really big amount of money, even if you come all the way from California. Yeah. Me, I'm not motivated by money, but I need to make sure that I don't like go broke trying to do this yeah. so like i'm very open to coming over to new york and coming to like new england and the east coast and even the midwest really um i'm kind of talking about doing like a trip over to massachusetts here pretty soon i've got a friend that lives over there uh perry von vicious great independent wrestler one mm-hmm. of the most hilarious smart wrestlers i've ever seen if you've never seen his stuff you should look him up on youtube okay um yeah, he's uh, he's he was based out of here, but he moved back to Massachusetts. So I'm looking at like trying to come through, hang out with my buddy, and go see some wrestling <laughs> shows. But yeah, like I said, I just got to make sure that like I don't break my bank getting over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, how many um, wrestlers have you worked with in California? Any name? Can you name drop wrestlers that you refereed for some that people that some wrestlers are well known or not well known? Uh, I mean, I've wrestled, uh, not wrestled, <laughs> I've refereed for, uh, I'd say, just about everybody uh, in, like, Northern California, and then in Southern California, I'm really trying to, you know, like, work my way through people. Basically, um, I haven't really done, like, the PWG crowd or the Lucha Underground crowd, Okay. but not everybody else under that, like, I've had at least, like, a match or two with. Like, I did uh, Jeff Cobb versus Alexander Hammerstone. Okay. At, uh, AP, about a year ago, that was a really, really good match. Um, Will Cuevas versus Matt Carlos was one of my favorite matches that I've been in. I got to referee uh, Joey Ryan uh, versus Bad Dude Tito out of uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. That was a pretty solid match. But I mean, we're all just coworkers. <laughs> yeah um i'm saying being in the middle of it um and you, you know you're a fan yourself and you're watching these guys go at it like do you ever lose your train of thought because you're watching the match you're like oh shit they're doing this and this and oh i gotta count right now you know you ever get caught up um, <laughs> you gotta be more professional than that you can't be uh in the ring you know <laughs> yeah uh, um what do you see for yourself like, do you see yourself, do you have, like, a like a five-year plan or a three-year plan? Like, where do you see yourself doing, like, how long you, how long can you see yourself being a referee in the, in the independent business? So, when I started training, I was 25. Mm-hmm. And uh, my goal has always been, you know, like, I don't want to do this, uh, not to knock it for anybody that does. It's absolutely fine. People get to make their own decisions. You know, you can do whatever you want with your life. But I don't want this to just be hobby that I do on the weekends and just something that I do for fun. If I'm putting this much time and effort and money into this, I want it to like turn into something, you know, I want to make an actual career off of it. So I told myself, uh, by 30, I want to like actually get looked at by like a legitimate company or not legitimate. All companies are legitimate, but, uh, you know, one of the, one of the pro companies, let's call it that. Um, 
think things are going pretty well, you know, like I'm 28 now, I got another two years, and uh, just like, I think it was like two or three weeks ago, I got invited to uh, my first taping of Raw and SmackDown, so it's like, things are going in the right direction, you know, I got to be backstage and meet a lot of the right people and talk to some of the referees that I've been watching for a long time, it's cool, I I definitely didn't expect uh, WWE to even like respond to me this early in my career, so felt very affirming. Yeah. Um. Which referee gave you advice, or who you talked to? Um. I talked to Mike Kyoto for a little bit. Yeah. Which was a heck of an experience. You know, like I've been watching him since I was a little kid, and then I just recently uh, went back and started watching the um, the raw tapings on the network from like the early 90s because you know it was before I was watching so I wanted to see what I missed I didn't even realize that he's been there since like the early 90s possibly even the 80s like he's on the first episode of Raw it's just like whoa man (laughs) (laughs) Uh, him um and then there was a guy I think his name's Danny Engler he uh he actually just came up through he was in TNA when I started watching wrestling again and then um I've actually been following him he went over to NXT and now since then has actually been brought up to the main roster so it's been pretty cool to see the evolution of his career okay um wrestling wise and you know being a referee um do is is your your wife a fan herself or does she worry about you uh I think she doesn't necessarily like worry about me she gets a little lonely when I'm gone for like a week or two or something like that but uh she definitely wasn't a fan before uh, we were together, mm-hmm. but she's definitely not, like, the wife that is like, oh, yeah, go do your wrestling thing. I'll see you when you get home. No, she, like, comes to a lot of the shows. When I was uh, training in Oakland, like, she was often at the warehouse with us, like, just kind of hanging out, watching us train and stuff like that, waiting for me to go home. And uh, We have a local promotion out here called East Bay Pro Wrestling. Yeah. You should check it out. It's really fun. Um, shameless drop. <laughs> but, uh, local promotion out here, yeah. That um, she comes out with me all the time, and she like runs the merch booth and stuff like that. And she's always like screaming at the heels and whatnot, and having a great time. Like it's it's. I picked a really great partner. I think you know, like it. This business isn't exactly for everyone, and especially not you know girls that aren't into wrestling. So. I got lucky that I found somebody who's not only supportive, but will actually, like, go with me to stuff. Um, what's your idea to a key to a successful marriage? Uh, open communication. Um, you know, not being embarrassed or ashamed or afraid to tell each other what you want and what you need in any particular situation. And also, if something bothers you about each other, being able to talk about that and being uh, mature enough and calm enough to like realize that something you're doing is bothering your partner and that maybe you should work on it. Know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. That's cool. Good advice. That not broke, it really helps. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, no money, no honey, as they say. But, you know, communication and, you know, understanding each other is the key and, you know, supporting one another. You're definitely right about that. Yeah. Um, ref- huh? Uh, you gotta remember to keep progressing in life. Like, a lot of people, I think, get comfortable where they're at, mm-hmm. and uh, it's not necessarily something that, like, satisfies their partner, mm-hmm. or 
I don't know, sometimes people just get stuck in a rut and they just get miserable and it affects your relationships, you know? So, like, it's good to pull yourself out of that and remind yourself that, like, even if what you're doing right now is comfortable, uh, it doesn't have to be the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, the wrestling business from the 90s and now, um, do you feel is that a high now or do you feel is that a low in the, the independent wrestling scene? I think that... Uh, a lot of people will argue with this because, like, during the Attitude Era and during the 80s, like, nobody was making more money than they were then now, obviously. But, like, I would argue that wrestling is hotter right now than it's ever been mm-hmm. uh, because of, like, the internet. Well, that's not fair. I mean, I didn't I didn't go to live wrestling shows back then, so I can't really speak to, like, what the, the audience is and whatnot. But I know that wrestling is a lot more reachable now. Like, I can watch New Japan, ROH, Evolve, Progress, and NXT, and, like, PWG all on the same day. You know, like, it's crazy. Like, uh, you get the Fight TV app, you go looking through that thing, and there's, like, dozens of different companies that just, there's all kinds of different wrestling that you can uh, check out, all kinds of different characters that you can identify with. Yeah, I mean, like, there's just so much wrestling now. It's great. Yeah. Um, the doors are open over at the, uh, at the big companies, you know? Like, they realize that the indies are hot. So, you know, like, my, I feel like uh, in the late 2000s, they picked up Daniel Bryan and they picked up CM Punk to kind of test the water and see if people would identify with these, you know, like, indie, like, ROH darling guys. Mm-hmm. And obviously, so what happened with that, both of them, you know, like, were licensed to print money. So now, if you look at it, like, everybody that they were wrestling with on the indies and in ROH when they were coming up is who's in WWE now, you know? Like, it's all Cesaro and Seth Black, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Like, these were the indie guys, like, five years ago, and everybody thought that there was no way that any indie guys were ever going to get booked because, you know, everybody always recycled the same cliches. Oh, it's the land of giants. Oh, they just want football players. Oh, they just want hot chicks, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, they're realizing that people want quality wrestling and quality wrestlers. And yeah, most of the rosters indie wrestlers now. Yeah. Um, for people who aspire to be a referee as yourself, what do you recommend they do? I know you said about the Stoner Brothers School. Is there any other particular avenues they can go through? I would say uh, try and find a school around you, obviously, but um, more not more importantly, like the most important thing is finding a school. But uh, a very close second is finding an, uh, a referee that you really enjoy their work and studying it. Like, I've got um, some kids out here that like I'm kind of trying to help learn how to referee. Like, I don't personally think I'm at the age where like I can call myself a teacher or you know like have a school or anything like that. Yeah. But uh, like I'm willing to help people that need it. Um, but yeah, I've got some some kids out here that like I talk to them and I'm like, all right. Which referee do you watch when you know you're studying? And like, oh, I don't watch the referees. I watch re- the wrestlers. And it's like, you want to be a referee. You want to work as a referee. Like, watch the referees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, you need to study. You know, like I, uh, my personal favorite is Charles Robinson, Lil Nate. You know, he's been around since like the WCW days. He's probably been around longer than that. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got his own style. He's got a style to his appearance that makes him identifiable identifiable but doesn't make him stand out too much you know mm-hmm. what i mean like 
So, yeah, just find a referee that you really like and try and study them and try and emulate them. And then once you're good enough at that, then... Yeah. Um, what's a particular I, What's a particular match you like to referee? Uh, a, a, a women's match, a men's match, a tag match? Is there anything that's harder or more fun than the other? Or is, or is the same thing overall? Um, I really enjoy tag team matches. Tag team? Uh, okay. It's a lot to do. Um, there's a lot to keep you busy, a lot of moving parts that you have to manage, and you feel really accomplished when you get to the other side of the curtain after a tag match and everything went right. Um, really enjoy singles matches, male or female as well, but yeah, tag team matches, there's just something about it. So, yeah. Oh, sweet. And um, my final question for you, Odie. <laughs> what would the Odie of today tell the Odie of yesterday? What would the Odie of today tell the Odie of yesterday? That's a good question. Mm, don't wait. Uh, just go and do it. Because when I was in high school, I was living down the street from... Uh, where this place Devil Mountain Wrestling was going on. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that it existed, and if I had, I definitely would have been there training. And it's kind of funny. I look back at it, and it's like, I could have been training since I was 15. Wow. When I was 25. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how much further could I have gotten in my career by now? But, you know, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I think things are going in the right direction, and uh, the right people have the right eyes on me. Sweet, sweet. Um, thank you very much, Odie. Um, is there... If people want to reach out to you or talk to you or fanboy about you, um, what are your social media outlets? We don't get a whole lot of referee fanboys, but every <laughs> once in a while somebody will come up and say, Hey, I know you, you referee. And I'm like, whoa, why are you paying that much attention to me? There's wrestlers in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, uh, my Twitter is Odie, O-D-I-E 20, the number 20. Uh, I've got an Instagram. It's Odie. And then the number one, and then Kenobi. I need to make these more units. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so I've never actually had to drop my uh, my social media to anybody. But yeah, Odie one Kenobi. And then uh, Facebook, you can just look up my ref page is referee ODB. ODIEB. Oh, Odie. <laughs> Thank you very much, Odie. You've been a pleasure to talk to, man. I know we've been trying to do it for a minute, but I'm glad I got you cornered. Yeah. It was a good time. Thanks for uh, reaching out, and I hope things go well for you and your podcast business. Thank you very much, and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks. <laughs>